92.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Use them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. Just posted a few things there, including a YouTube video. So check it out, at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments, you should. You can do so on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. All I ask is that you not suck. Get to the point. Make the show better. Got it? Make the show better. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, Make sure you check out the podcast. I'm going to laugh because I'm going to... I don't like to do warnings because I don't think you need my help on that. But if you're a if you're one of those people that's inclined to just flip out at me, which happens, I get it, flip out at me about things that I say about Donald Trump, then I'm giving you a warning ahead of time about the podcast. I don't think it's that awful. I think it's kind of funny. I think it might be one of those comical things that I have heard or read about Donald Trump since I've even heard of Donald Trump, and I didn't used to know much about him. Donald Trump wants to sell you a suit. And it just makes me laugh. And I admit, I give him a pass. I give him a pass. So check it out, the podcast. Uh, We drop a podcast every single afternoon. You can subscribe to the podcast. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcast. Same with the YouTube channel as well. Check it out. Even though I look like Shrek, we post that each afternoon. Uh, The Jeff Ward Show on YouTube is available each afternoon when we post new content. So, the college football playoff setup. And no, I'm not going to spend time ranting about it anymore. If you're confused about what I think of the fake playoff with only four teams, which is not really a playoff, then I'll make that clear, but then move on. I think it's awful. I think it's unfair. I don't think it's interesting. I hate that argument about college football where, ooh, our opinion makes it interesting. We have opinions all the time. Uh, I don't think it's interesting at all, the way it's set up now. I think it's absurd, the college football playoff that's not really a playoff, on every single level. A room full of opinions, is uh, that's a talk show. That's not, that's, not a, that's not a playoff. So I think the room full of opinions is a terrible setup. I've argued all along that the playoff model is simple. The playoff model is right in front of everyone's face, including that goofball committee that selects the four for college football, the NFL system. That's it. That's the way it should be done. There are no committees. The NFL system is the right way to do it. It's the only way to do it, I think. You win your division or your conference, and you get in. You qualify as the wild card, and you're in. It's not only fair, but it makes the regular season more meaningful, and I do believe it's far more interesting than the college setup. Okay? There's a lot to hate about the college football playoff. It's expanding to 12 teams next year. I mentioned this yesterday. I think everybody probably knows this by now. But here's my answer on expanding to 12 teams next year. It's, so I think it'll be slightly less awful than the current system. That's all the positive things I can say about expanding to 12. Because it's still a committee-based thing, mostly. It's just slightly better than the bad system we have now with four. 
Okay, take that out of the way. Even, even college football um, has this problem, okay? In fact, I think this is worse than college football, and that's what the NFL has allowed to happen. And I can't believe after the times that it's happened, and about to happen again, I can't believe it hasn't been fixed. I just don't get it. And this is really dumb. It almost makes the college football playoff seem sensible. I give you the NFC South. You don't know the NFC South? Well, you probably shouldn't, okay? There's nothing to watch there. There's nothing to like there. There's nothing to care about there. NFL parity, and that, you know, that is, um, it is a goal of owners. It is a goal of the business model because the business model really is this. In college football, the goal is head coaches make a bunch of money. They want to get a bunch of wins, so they play cream puffs because they believe in wins. And the NFL, the owners don't care about the players. They don't care about the coaches. They're going to give the networks and the platforms the best product they can. And so their view is as many teams close to 8-8 eight and eight is the best thing going. Uh, I don't know that they're. Uh, I don't know what that means in terms of interest level, but it's now reached the point of being absurd. It's now it's now too much. If you want to say there's too much parity, then say there's too much parity. Either way, I don't care. Um, one thing about the NFL playoffs has to change. Everything else about the NFL playoffs is spot on, and everything about the NFL playoffs except this one giant thing is exactly what we want to watch. Being a playoff team with a losing record is not okay. Like, I, I don't want to put a moral application to this, but having a losing record <laughs> does not mean you're deserving of postseason play. In fact, it should be the very thing that cancels out your chance to be in the postseason. I don't think that's a ridiculous hot take. If you have a losing record, you should not keep playing. Season's over. How's that? There's nothing okay, nothing admirable, there's nothing interesting, there's nothing even entertaining about being in the playoffs at 8 and 9. Nothing. Nobody cares, nobody likes you, and it never works. It doesn't work. Whatever weird thing the NFL has always thought is going to happen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't seem like it's too much to ask that you have a winning record to get into the postseason. It has happened five times and about to happen again in the worst way possible. Teams have made it to postseason five times with losing record, and that's five too many. The number should be zero because it shouldn't even be an option. It shouldn't be an option at all. It should have been an option in 1982 when it first happened, and it sure the heck shouldn't be an option now. I mean, expanding the playoffs means we want to see more good teams. We don't want to see trash. Uh, five times it has happened. The Lions and the Browns in 1982 were both four and five. Wait, four and five? Yeah, that was a strike year, 82. I think Washington went on to win the Super Bowl that year, did they? Is that right? Um, it was a strike year. Seattle did it in 2010 at seven and nine. Carolina did it in 2014 at seven, eight, and one. The Washington football team that was once called the Redskins was seven and nine, and they uh, they won their division. None of them advanced. Of course, they didn't advance. I don't know what the point differential was, but they they lost. Of course, because they shouldn't be there in the first place. It was a waste of time. It was a wasted trip. It's a wasted home field advantage. None of them should have been there, and they shouldn't be there. 
pick the team that's going to be there, practically anybody in the NFC South, except Carolina, none of them should be in the postseason. It needs to be fixed. This is crazy. It's stupid. It's not, it's not fair to somebody else who puts up a winning record. It's just not fair. It's college football playoff, like, not fair. You can, here's the thing. Um, here's where we are. In first place in the NFC South is Tampa Bay at 6-7, and seven, followed by Atlanta at 6-7, and seven, followed by New Orleans. Guess what they are, 6-7. and seven. The winner of this dumpster fire will likely finish with a losing record. Now you can say, well, but we won our division. Fine. Say you won your division. That's cool. Um, you can say you won your division all day. You can have a parade if you really want. I don't know who would show up, but you can say, get an NFC South champion trophy or get an NFC South runner-up trophy. Who cares? Hand out bonuses. Again, don't care. You're not in the playoffs, okay? Celebrate yourself as whatever you think you've done, but you shouldn't be in the playoffs. Your season should end in the last regular season game of which you've posted a losing record. You don't play anymore. The way it's set up now is not only do you get to play more and get your ass kicked and knocked out, of course, not only do you get to play more, but in some weird, twisted way, you've earned home field advantage to get your ass kicked. No, no. Uh, pick a team. Uh, Tampa Bay, your season is over. You're not playing anymore. No one wants you. You don't deserve it. Get your trophy and go home. Atlanta, same to you. Uh, New Orleans, you were supposed to be better, and you're terrible. No, 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 no. You're not advancing with a losing record. It doesn't seem like it's all that complicated for the NFL to fix this, and everybody wants it fixed. You don't find anybody wandering around saying, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see Dallas and Tampa Bay play. Can't wait. That's going to be in Tampa Bay. That's going to be cool. You never see anyone go, well, we're division champs at 7 and 9, 7 and 10 now. All right, so this is easy. Want an easy fix? And the NFL knows it's easy. And I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, here's the easy fix it's really not complicated. The third-place team in a division in the same conference, in this case, would be the NFC. The third-place team in the same conference that has a winning record takes their spot. Is anybody really saying, Jeff, that's a wild, hot take? No. Is anybody really saying, Jeff, that's nuts, that's so ridiculous? No, no one is saying that. No one is saying that. So you finish third, you have a winning record. For that matter, you have a 500 record. Can't anymore because you play 17. You get their spot. They're done. But they're division champs. I know. I know. We got that. We got it. They had their party. They got a trophy. No one wants to see them in the playoffs. That's the point. You're taking their spot. So their playoff spot, for example, just this year, their playoff spot Let's say it's New Orleans wins the NFC South with a losing record, only waiting to get their face kicked in in the first round of the playoffs, in which they host a game, which is ridiculous. That spot is taken. Saints, you're not in the playoffs. You got a trophy. You won your division. You're not in our playoffs. The playoff spot would go the 9-8 and eight Packers. Or whoever's 9-8. and eight. Don't care, right? Whoever is finishing third would take their spot. If they have a winning record, now they take that spot from the NFC South, they then have a road game. 
That's another thing that has to change about this. You can't you can't have a losing record at host. I know it's a simple equation. So Dallas having to, for this year, for example, Dallas having to go to the NFC South winner with a losing record is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they'll win. Yeah, I know Dallas. We don't know if Dallas is any good from, away from home. But this shouldn't be a trip they have to make. They've earned better. The winner of the NFC South has earned nothing in the postseason and shouldn't be there. So this year, if the Packers finish third in their division, they'd take the spot of the NFC South, and they would play Dallas. They would play in Dallas because Dallas would have a better record. Dallas would, yeah, they'd probably beat them. Okay, but Jeff, Jeff, what about a tiebreaker? What about a tiebreaker on these third-place teams? Again, not all that tough. The tiebreaker would be, for example, would be record against conference opponents. Okay? There. NFC. If there's no team that qualifies, then this year Tampa Bay or New Orleans or Atlanta would be lucky enough to get that spot since nobody else qualified. Sure, you're division champs and you made the playoffs, but you have a losing record, so you get to go to Dallas and they beat you by 40 points. That's if another team doesn't qualify with a winning record that could have taken their spot. Is it really that tough? I mean, Right. It's just one of these things that's been hanging around so long, and it's only happened five times, but it's staring us in the face now, and since the game is worth so much, we gamble and we play fantasy and we watch more than ever, it's more valuable than ever, it doesn't seem like a stretch to fix this one ridiculous glitch. It's just a glitch. It's a stupid glitch. And nobody argues. There, fixed. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Hey, bro, listen to the Jeff Ward Show. I'm going to say it again. I'm, I don't want to say it. I kind of feel sorry for Bill Belichick. Isn't that weird? I, I think it's mostly the way he looks, right? I mean, it's just forever stuck in your mind is going to be Bill Belichick, right? I mean, we you know how rain gear now is comfortable and efficient and all that stuff, but forever in your mind is going to be this vision of Bill Belichick in a hoodie, a cotton hoodie from like 1982, and it's raining or snowing, and it's soaked, and it's cut off with the sleeves. And you just look at him, and you think, man, you're under a bridge. That's stuck. It's always going to be stuck in our mind, isn't it? And then the other part is, and maybe we get away from this. I wonder if people really think this. Do you think we'll get away from it was mostly Tom Brady? I'm trying to figure out if we're just, you know, because we are naturally prisoners of the moment. And so you watch the Patriots go on this incredible run with Brady having the greatest career of any player ever. Not debatable. Got it? Ever. And so he then goes on, wins a championship elsewhere, which, which solidifies as if it wasn't enough already and makes Brady the best quarterback to ever play the game. Joe Montana says it's Dan Marino, but... You know, whatever. Um, the, the the legacy of Brady just grows. And then so when he goes and wins another championship, and then we look at it now, 
And even though the, the, the Buccaneers suck the next year, we don't hold it against Brady. His legacy is growing. His dominance as a player over time is growing. And right now, the Belichick influence, the, what we call for a long time the greatest coach of all time, the genius, the mad scientist, you know, the homeless guy who's also a great coach, all that stuff, the further, right now, we don't think that, do we? It's probably unfair, but we don't think that. And I wonder if the further we get away from his time, the further we get away from, you know, Belichick's done, and, you know, we're looking up 10 years from now, and he's going into the Hall of Fame, and Brady's going to the Hall of Fame, Gronkowski is going into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if, I think, well, Edelman, I don't know if Edelman will go in the Hall of Fame, but you, you get the idea. I wonder if by that time we're thinking, you know, you're going to tell someone that's the greatest coach of all time. Right now, I don't think you say it. I don't. It is obscured by what Brady did. And it's obscured by the fact that the Patriots are horrible. They're just horrible now. And he's been running the whole thing, and they're horrible. So think of that. I mean, I, I, your, your view of Bill Belichick now, your view of Bill Belichick a few years from now when he goes in the Hall of Fame. And then ask yourself this. If you have a view of Belichick saying, you know, Brady did it all. It was Brady. Obviously, it was Brady. Bella, there should be an asterisk next to Belichick's records if he gets there because it was all Brady. I think a lot of people say that now. Can he save it by going somewhere else and winning? I think so. I do. I'm not sure that he will, but think about that too. And then think of this. What's the best way to get rid of him? Like, how do you get out of this? Because I'm going to tell you, I think what the Patriots are doing is the only way to do it and the best way to do it. He's owed that. And there's plenty of history, including in this state with Tom Landry, of the way not to get rid of a legendary, influential, incredibly successful coach. I think what the Patriots are doing, I think it's the best way to do it. And I think Belichick is even handling it well. So what's the best way to get rid of him? Some of you are going to say whack him on a Tuesday afternoon and say goodbye, get your box, and get out of here. Or handling it this way. I, I, I think the Patriots, I think they owe him, I do think they owe him the chance for it to be as dignified as possible. I do. I think he's earned that. Uh, I think they owe him, a, a, an, I think they owe him a slow and deliberate process out. And I think on the way out, from this time forward, they owe him nothing but compliments. Every news conference, every statement needs to be talking about how great he's been. I think they're gonna. I think they're doing it, and we'll do it the right way to get out of this. It's gonna be awkward no matter what. I found myself watching. I think a lot of people have been doing this for a while now. You watch these news conferences with him. Yes, he's still grunting. You have no idea what he's saying, but it's kind of sad. Because the team is terrible, and the only topic is, hey, Bill, what are you, you going to get fired? <laughs> he's like, it's, and then he's all slunched over. He's got a bad shirt on from 1985, and his hair's greasy. And uh, it's just, it's awkward. So I think this is the right way to do it. If you haven't followed this, there's a path. There's a plan, and there's a path. I don't think this is accidental at all. And it's probably a good idea. Um, man, after so many years, it was an incredible run. Then what? 
All right. I, I think the answer, by the way, for the Patriots publicly to start saying things like, you know what, it's been an incredible run. Bill has been a genius. Uh, he's built something here that we may never see again in football. Um, and the greatest coach the game has ever known, blah, blah, blah. Just keep complimenting him. Jerry Jones did it all wrong. He, he, I don't know that he cared. And I got to believe at some level, Jones wish he'd handled it differently. Tom Landry deserved to get fired at the time. The Cowboys were 1-15. I, I will tell you every day, every which way, Tom Landry is the most innovative person the game of football has known. He was light years ahead of the game, and what you see in a modern game now is largely because of Tom Landry. But they were 1-15 and and old and stale and clunky, and it needed to go. I mean, it it just looked like the Patriots. It looked just like the Patriots, if not worse. He, Jones buys the Cowboys. The first thing he should have done before photo ops with Jimmy Johnson, before talking trash, first thing he should have done is quietly and secretly met with Landry. Find a way out, man. Find a graceful and dignified way out. And he didn't do it. I think the Patriots are. At least that's what's being reported. All right. Stories, they're everywhere now. And I think it's intentional. And I think it's the right way to go. Uh, Patriots have reportedly already decided to move on from Bill Belichick in 2024. Okay? They're eliminated from the playoffs, thank God. Bill Belichick's time with the Patriots is apparently coming to an end regardless of how the rest of the season plays out. The Patriots, according to NBC Sports Boston, have decided to move on from the longtime coach after the end of the season. Uh, Sure. Yes. Yes. Blow it up. Blow the whole thing up. And start over, and I think it's okay to say it. But then the next thing you say is nothing but compliments about Bill Belichick and what he's done for the game. All right, so Belichick is, you know, he's just doing the Belichick thing. You know, and you never know what he's saying, anyways. Huh? I think he's trying to say if they have subtitles. I think Bill Belichick is trying to say, uh, I'm trying to get ready for who do they play? They play oh, Kansas City. Oh God. Oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, they're 3-10, and ten, playing the Chiefs this weekend. They're in last place. I, I, they were so incompetent and outclassed when they played Dallas. Remember that? Did they ever cross midfield? I don't even know. They're, they're not even competitive. Uh, they got beat by 34-0 to the Saints at one time. So I think this is the right way to do it. I do. I think planning the story, letting reporters know, uh, we're gonna. This is gonna be it. No one's gonna be shocked by that. You let the season, so you let this thing kind of bleed out, and you know, better than whacking him and then, you know, having him walk to his car or something with that box or something he carries, a shopping cart. The next point is gonna be, and this is gonna be every day. Is he's gonna be asked, and he's not gonna answer because I think he's gonna handle this the right way too. Then the question for all of us is going to be, does he coach elsewhere? The guy is, what, 17, 18 away from the all-time winning record. I think he thinks he wants to get it. I think we can all appreciate that he would like to have it. It makes sense. I think he thinks he probably deserves it. I think he thinks he's earned it. That's fine. Okay, I don't think he wants to quit because I think he wants that record. He wants to have the most wins of anyone. He's also going to have the most losses, but... I think Tom Landry has the most losses. 
But he wants the most wins of all time, I assume. So I think he wants to coach elsewhere. Will he get a job? Would you hire him? Let's use the two easiest examples. Well, we know teams that already need new coaches. Carolina, Washington's going to need a new coach. The Chargers, how in the world that man is employed is beyond me. Brandon Staley is a buffoon. He was a buffoon in August, and he's more of a buffoon now. So the Chargers will need a new coach. I don't know if the Bears do. I'm not sure yet. I mean, there'll be others. So let's just take the Chargers, for example. They're underachievers. It's a talented roster. It is a super talented young quarterback who's been suffering miserably because the organization is dumb. Is that the spot for Bill Belichick? I think so. I do, actually. I've talked myself into saying the job description for Bill Belichick would be this. You come to the Chargers. You don't have to go and load up on a bunch of players. You don't have to make personnel decisions, of which he's made many, many mistakes outside of Tom Brady. Um, You don't have to do all that stuff. Just organize us and get us to play in the right way and get the most out of the players we have here, including a superstar quarterback with the same kind of skill set as the guy you had. I think that, I think that works. But I don't know how many people wonder this. I don't know how many organizations, if you're running an organization of a crappy team, if you're Carolina, would you would you want Bill Belichick? Would you? I don't know. I, I don't know that you would. The only fit that I can see, I mean, if you're Washington, do you want Bill Belichick? The only fit I can see, honestly, would be the Chargers. And all the answer there is just don't be an idiot like the previous idiot we had. It's an interesting setup. How they phase him out, you can react to. What's the right way to get rid of him? What's the wrong way to get rid of him? How to play it out? And then the question is, of those that are going to need a coach... Does anyone hire him? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show podcast or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Shut up, smoker voice. On Twitter or X or whatever it's called, it's at Jeff Ward Show. So post your comments, make the show better. Let's see if any of you have done that so far. I haven't clicked on the uh, Peter Pan mini golf story. Does that mean it's going to be shut down finally? I don't mean finally isn't a good thing. I mean finally is there's nothing left. There's nothing left. Nothing. Zero. Man, in this city, even McDonald's was wiped out. So like, it actually got extended. extended. Their lease got extended. Why? Through through late 2024. I don't know. <laughs> Why? Like, really? Uh, I, it's, I mean, I drive by there a lot. People love to go to that place. I've been to that place. Parking there t- is atrocious. It's atrocious. But. It's uh, the tiniest spots in all of Austin. And then you got to navigate that great, beautiful tree. Um, <laughs> I, I bet you I've been to Peter Pan mini golf easily 100 times. I bet you... 30, if not more, kids' birthday parties. I can't tell you how many times I've had one of my kids hit on purpose or accidentally hit the other one with the red putter. Um, it is super cool. 
It's uh, it's just fun. I mean, I, it's you know, Peter Pan mini golf. People were drinking beer, smoking weed, playing mini golf long before hipsters took the city over. I don't know what. Let me just ask a real estate and business question. So the lease is extended. So I assume the owner of Peter Pan Mini Golf, established in 19, is it 48? Can't remember the sign. 48, I think. With the greatest opening hole in all of miniature golf. Um, why wouldn't you sell? I mean, like I hate that everything's disappeared. The city that I know is gone. There's no more icons. Nothing's left. Barton Springs is already going to be going to be paved over to so there's it's like really at this point i've said i hate to be defeatist but there's no there's no point you might as well just give up but why would you why wouldn't you sell why not i mean maybe that's great if they're they're staying and brandon's right and they're extending the lease good for you it's, i mean I, i'm happy about it and i hope people to go and all that stuff but i'm not quite sure i understand why not i don't know what you could build there i mean i know it'll be a condo tower but it's got to be pretty narrow and you got a train right there. I know that because I've hit so many golf balls with that train coming by. It's not even funny. And hit it a f- countless times, too. Well, great. So we've got uh, one more icon, Hole in the Wall and Peter Pan Mini Golf. That's all we got left. That's it. In case you didn't know, most people don't even know where Barton Springs is. It's been paved over already. It's got a sign. It's like some nice condo tower. They did put a plaque up to say this was once Barton Springs. But that's, you know, it's out front, and most people don't even know what that is either. So at, at, in the very end, because that's where we are, in the very end, you know what we have? A little bit of an extension of Peter Pan mini golf and hole in the wall. That's it. So, okay, congratulations. How long? I mean, they got another year, six months, two days? What is it? Do we know? Can you answer me that question? Why? <laughs> Why? One thing in Austin that it's it's easy to say, gosh, I hate all these iconic businesses and venues going away, right? But at some level, you can appreciate, you know, when you can make 20 times your money, most of us would do the same. All right, let's get to Twitter. Uh, Tom, at Jeff Hortier, Tom Landry went out unceremoniously after some losing seasons too, but he did so wearing a sharp custom-made suit fedora hat and bruno molly shoes whatever they were were top-notch tom never lived in a dumpster no he did not i'm pretty sure tom lander did not wear bruno molly shoes no uh he did not look like bill belichick and you know look they were, they were bad it was, it was a, the franchise was stale it got old and stale there's no getting around it he he does he needed to be gone the team needed to be blown up and, you know, here I think people kind of gloss over the fact that in the early days of Jimmy Johnson, they weren't very good then either. It wasn't going well at all. Nothing went the Cowboys' way until they made the trade for Senator, or traded Senator Herschel Walker to the stupid Minnesota Vikings, and the rest is, you know, Jimmy Johnson history. But, you know, Dallas looked like a 1-15 team. It's just that the way it was done was terrible. Jones wanted everyone to know he bought the Dallas Cowboys and never once thinking, oh boy, I forgot. I got to go fire that guy. And so he rolls in, buys him for almost pennies on the dollar, 
189 million bucks or whatever. He's got his guy picked out. And so he wanted the splash. I'm here. We're going to fix this thing. Instead of, because he's so tone deaf and such an egomaniac, never once thinking the first thing I need to do before anyone even knows I own this team is I need to go find Tom Landry, the most influential person, in my opinion, the game has ever known. I need to tell him straight up, Tom, how best can we end this? Because I now own this team and you're not going to be my coach. How can we work? How can we get out of this? How would you like to go out, Tom? You want me to lay low? I'll lay low. You want to announce a retirement before they announce that I am going to own this franchise? You go ahead and do it, Tom. Whatever you want to do to end this, I want to give you that chance to do it. He didn't do any of that. He showed up. He made noise. And then he said, oh, yeah, I need to go fire that guy. <laughs> and so uh, I said, go to Lakeway or somewhere and, and fire Tom Landry. And it was a bad move. And a lot of people, old people, did not take it well. Some people still hold it against Jones. I don't fault you for that. So I think the Patriots are looking at this the right way. Let this guy work his way out. Keep your mouth shut. Don't upstage him. Say great things about him and let him ease his way out. I think it's the right way to do it. So, yeah. I... But I think there's a big difference between, well, in some ways, a big difference between Bob Kraft and your man, Jerry Jones, who was, <laughs> he was, remember the early days? I remember. I, he, he's, what did he say he's going to be? He's going to be so involved in the team, he's going to handle socks and jocks. I'm going to do it all. And he did. Still does. Still does. And finally, after all this time, he's finally got himself his team winning his way after all these years. Uh, you know what you would not have said ever in your life? There's no way you would have bet on this. It's almost comical to say. You ready for it? Um, <laughs> New York, New York. Tommy DeVito. We now all know Tommy DeVito, right? Tommy DeVito is the quarterback for the Giants, whose agent has uh, killed half a dozen people this past week. Tommy DeVito, comma, Zach Wilson. Not exactly Marino and Montana. Not exactly Manning and Mahomes. Not exactly Brady and Favre. Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson... <laughs> <laughs> have been named the Offensive Players of the Week. That's not possible, but it's kind of cool. Yep, Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito and Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. How's that feel, Texans? How does that feel? You know what someone can never let happen? You can never let Zach Wilson be the Player of the Week against you <laughs> and the Texans who are playing for their football lives allowed it to happen. You allowed that tool to throw for 300 yards and 30 points. No one does that. If somebody said eight days ago, Zach Wilson's going to be NFL Offensive Player of the Week, they would say, you're on crack. But the Texans found a way, the worst way possible, to allow Zach Wilson to be named Offensive Player of the Week. That's incredible. Tommy DeVito kind of deserved it. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, Tommy DeVito went 17 to 21 for 158 yards. If that's player of the week, that doesn't say a whole lot about quarterback play. But it's Tommy DeVito and the Giants won. Zach Wilson had a big day. 
Zach Wilson, at least, I think you could argue, sort of deserved it. He went 27 of 36. How's this feel, Texans? 27. Zach Wilson. The guy that should be working in a driving range, Zach Wilson. 27 of 36, 301 yards passing, two touchdowns, even better, no interceptions. They had a five-game losing streak, Texans, and you let them have 30 points, and you let that guy, who never, ever would be offensive player of anything, he couldn't play in a flag league this weekend and be the offensive player of the week, but the Texans allowed this guy to be offensive player of the week. Wow. All right, phone number is 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you check out the podcast as well. Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.